on parables. And uh, I think we need to hear this today. Um, we're going to be in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And, and I, I just need to remind you of a few things about parables that, that we've discussed. And one of those being that parables take place at, at a particular time. And Jesus is talking to a particular people when he tells these stories, right? And so sometimes he's addressing crowds of people that have never heard of him. Sometimes he's addressing believers. But in this scripture today... Jesus is addressing his disciples, the ones that know him, have spent time with him. And he, so he gives them this parable that honestly, for me, is, is a little hard to chew on. And so I think that's why Jesus gave it to somebody that knew a little bit about him. So we'll be in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Uh, I invite you to stand this morning as we read the word of the Lord together. Um, so we're going to read the entirety of this parable, verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming, in, kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of the Lord, and we say, thanks be to God. You can be seated. Persistence is kind of a funny word. Uh, 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 normally, when we think persistence, we probably might, you might think of annoying, right? Um, there are things in life that are just persistent, and you wish that they would go away. Um, last week, we had the opportunity to be in Pennsylvania with my nieces and nephews. Uh, and if, if you've ever spent time with a three-year-old, Three-year-olds can be very persistent. If they don't want to eat it, they're not going to eat it. And if you want them to eat it, they're probably not going to. Or if they don't want to get in the car, they're probably not going to get in the car without quite a fuss. Your dogs, your pets, pets can be very persistent, right? We uh, are... As you know him, baby Sawyer, Sawyer, the, the Palmer, our Pomeranian, he is very persistent. If we get in bed at night and we turn the light out and he's not up on the bed with us, he gets off of the rug and he paces on the, the hardwood floor so that his nails click and clatter and he just paces and he paces and he will keep doing it until we pick him up and put him on the bed. You know what I'm talking about. Your pets do these things. They just, they, they get to you. Let's think about the Old Testament. One story that comes to mind is, is Joshua. And, and we've, I've brought this story up several times here, but walking around the walls of Jericho, that took some persistence. As, as, we, as Patty and Dustin, and uh, I forget who the other person was, acted out, but Dustin said, just keep marching, right? It just took that persistence of God said God's going to do something if we do this. It's annoying, it's boring, but we're just going to keep marching. Noah building the ark. That took forever, right? Persistence. 
Had Noah given up? Well, who knows? <laughs> but he didn't. Persistence is key. And to bring up something very fresh in some people's minds, if you didn't know, last night, the University of Tennessee beat the Alabama Crimson Tide in football. Did you know that Tennessee plays Alabama every year, and Tennessee had not beaten Alabama in 15 years? There were kids that played for Tennessee last night that were three years old the last time that Alabama won. I mean, that Tennessee won that game. Can you imagine the persistence it takes every year going into that game? Well, we're going to try again. Persistence. It can be annoying, but sometimes it's really necessary. Well, today I'm going to talk about three, three, not really three points, but kind of three different aspects of this parable. The first one being prayer. Persistence in prayer specifically. A couple of weeks ago or four weeks ago, something like that, Pastor Doug from Grace Point was here. And uh, he, he shared about prayer and, and what do we do when it feels like God's not answering our prayers. And, um, and just six, eight months ago, you remember we were praying up to Pentecost. We did the... Um, that journey with the whole denomination to Pentecost. The, and so we talked about prayer for several weeks, what prayer is and what prayer is not. Uh, and I have a pastor friend that always says that pastors can preach on two things and people will always be stirred. One is giving because everyone could always give more. If you're not giving every single penny of, to your name, you could always give more. And, and the other is prayer. We all always feel like we could pray more, we could pray better, we could be more sincere in our prayers. Um, and so I want us today, though, to look at what this parable is telling us about prayer. So essentially, we have uh, a lady who's gone to a judge. And we don't really know much about the judge, except that we know that the judge does not fear God. And this judge really does not care what anybody else thinks. It's kind of interesting that that's all we know about him. We don't even get a name. We, don't, we, we know nothing about him except he doesn't care what anybody thinks. He's not the judge that sentenced O.J., and he's not the judge that turn, overturned some Supreme Court trial. Uh, he's just a judge that doesn't care about what you think. I think this would be a pretty tough person to be persistent with, right? We know he doesn't care what you think, yet this is who she has to be persistent with. He's already numb to what others think. Obviously, the fear or the conviction that she had toward her adversary was pretty serious, right? Because she just would not give up. Now, I'm going to imply something here, and I'm not saying that I can prove this, but think about it this way. She's, she's a per, the persistent widow, and we, we know that, that we can be persistent. But imagine if she had children. And imagine if her children were in trouble because of her adversary. All the mamas in the room go, yeah, the persistence is going to heat up. There's things that I, I, I can take on, but I, I'm not going to wish that on my children in 100 years. So I'm just going to be persistent. Now, we don't know if she had children, but if she was a widow, she had family of some sort. This was probably affecting more than just her. Whether it was her safety, her family's safety, or simply that the right thing was done, she knew that giving up was not an answer. We need to recognize in this parable whose mind changes. When we think of a, parable, uh, of a parable about persistence in prayer, we can easily think that, 
oh, this is telling us that we just need to pray really hard until God changes God's mind. Sometimes we feel like that's what we're doing. We're just trying to convince God, hey, just think the other way on that one, God. Just change how you think about that. But in this parable, it's not God who changes God's mind, but rather it's the man who doesn't care what God thinks. He's the one who changes his mind. The woman in this parable was, a pers- was so persistent that he realized that she must be serious about this God that she serves. Her persistent prayer did not lead to her God changing the situation. Her persistent prayer led to her having the strength to remain persistent with what God was calling her to. Her persistence revealed attributes of her God that the judge knew were unique compared to anything that he had run into in the past. Let's look at the the next thought from this. The word justice is used several times throughout this. Uh, Back in our series on Amos, we talked about justice, mishpat, and and righteousness, right? And how just always, always should lead to righteousness. Something should be decided, something should change, and it should lead to right relationship. That's how God works. But in this parable, we don't know what the justice is. We don't know if she wanted somebody kicked out. We don't know if she, if she wanted somebody moved, somebody arrested. We, we don't know what justice meant. But that means that Jesus didn't see that detail as important. It, it, did, it wasn't necessary for this to be meaningful. So without knowing what justice looked like, what do we learn about justice here? We do know that the judge was unjust. <laughs> it's kind of a terrible uh, you know, name for a judge, the unjust judge when justice is his job, this probably means that he made decisions based on how he felt, and he really didn't care about the parties involved. It was just, how can I benefit out of this? If he's unjust, then people probably didn't like him already. He probably had a bad name in town, but he didn't care because he doesn't care what people think. All this woman wanted was justice. And since she had God-given strength to be persistent, the unjust judge ruled justly. As the explanation from Jesus describes, true justice comes from God. It is God's job to bring about order and justice, and God is doing that. This parable is showing us that God can use the believer, God can use you to influence. God can use you to influence the unjust so that they can be used to bring about holy justice in the world. Let me say that again. God can use you the believer, to influence the unjust to bring about justice in the world. Uh, You know the the, the scripture in Romans, uh, uh, working all things together for the good of those that are called according to his purpose. God is working things for our good, and he's not just using believers. He's using persistent believers to influence injustice, so that there can be justice. And justice is a really hard thing to even talk about in today's society. There was, there was a ruling this week on one of the school shootings. And, you know, so many people think this way, so many people think that way, what's right, what's wrong. Justice is difficult. But as we talked about in Amos, God gives us a definition of what holy justice is, and it always leads to righteousness. 
this is a story of transformation where God uses a faithful servant to bring about holy justice. God is doing the work. Don't hear me wrong. But we're called to partner with God in this process. Keep that in mind. Third thing, faith. Jesus closes this parable with this really interesting question. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on the earth? Kind of seems out in left field here compared to what we've just heard. But, and, and we all hear that question, and we think, man, I sure hope so. <laughs> I sure hope that when, when Christ returns, that, that Christ finds faith on the earth, that, that, that we would be a part of that. But I think Jesus asked this question because anyone who is or is not a believer will stand up for justice once. There are people that do not know Jesus that are doing justice in the world. And if they're really mad or concerned about the issue, they'll stand up for it twice. Maybe even two or three or five times. But eventually, there's going to be nothing else to drive them. What does this parable tell us about faith? It says that those of us who are people of faith have to not only step up, but we have to stop giving up so easily. When we know that we're walking in the direction that God wants us to go, we can't pack up and go home every time a door closes in front of us. Every time an opportunity doesn't work out how we think, we don't have to stop and say, well, let's go back to square one and make sure that I, that, that I know who I am in Christ and that God loves me. No, we don't have to take those huge, step back, huge steps back. God has not failed us when we don't, when we do not go, when things don't go how we thought. God has not failed us when we have to, when we have to try something a second time. God has not failed us when we do what we've always done and it doesn't work anymore. God has not failed us when the tragedy happens. God has not failed us when the bank account gets low. God does not fail. We need to remember that, that God does not fail. But through a faithful woman's holy stubbornness, justice was served. Had she given up, then she would have been saying, well, God, I guess that's not what you wanted me to do. I went to him one time. But when she was convicted and knew that this was necessary, her faith led her to the point of living a life of holy stubbornness. Holy stubbornness. Some of us today are stubborn. Many of you are stubborn. And it sure ain't in a holy way. We have to have things in our lives that we will stand for and we will not back down. When people see that in us, they realize that the stubbornness is not out of selfishness, but it is a stubbornness that is concerned about the other end. And when that kind of faith is lived out, then the outcome becomes holy justice. Don't lose me here. When we stand up, for something that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt is of God. Our stubbornness is not selfishness. Because we proclaim day in and day out, Lord, may your will become my will. We pray day in and day out, Lord, may I die to myself 
and pick up my cross. And again, I, I don't think it's that we need to stand up. I think it's that we need to stop backing down so easily. And it doesn't look like starting mass chaos. But it looks like saying, something ain't right and I'm not going to give up. Why don't we see more real life examples of this these days? Maybe because we're not stubborn enough. We're not persistent enough to the point that even the unjust experience transformation. Because recognize what happened in this parable. The unjust judge experienced a God that he didn't care about. And that God showed up anyways. Through a persistent woman who was probably just so annoying to him. They got on his last nerve. Our persistence is in a loving and orderly manner, but it does not compromise our faith in the one who is giving us the strength to be persistent. Persistence without faith is selfishness. Persistence, is, persistence with faith is holiness. Pastor, did you preach on holiness today? You didn't say sanctification. This is a, a holiness message. That we're called to be different. <laughs> we're called to not back down. We're called to work hard. I think sometimes we're scared of working hard. Church in our community, Gainesville needs us as a church to work hard. For God to see holy justice in our community, God is saying, Come on, guys, I need you to work. And not just, you know, at church events, but every single day. Hey, let's, get, let, let's not back down on this stubbornness. That coworker that you've worked with for 25 years, and every time you talk about Jesus, they scoff at you? Yeah, don't stop. Because when I, I, we see here that God can do a transforming work in that person's life without you being the conduit in which it happens. <laughs> Persistence without faith is selfishness. But persistence with faith is holiness. I, I shared uh, on the, the Facebook group that we have with, with our church family that um, this year we, we celebrated a birthday of the Church of the Nazarene. And, and one of the things that, that the little article said that I, I read was that uh, the, the, the meeting in the potluck didn't last long. Because the people realized they had to get out of the tent. They realized that, man, we, we're, we're in one accord here, but there's so many others that we need to go out there and be persistent with, that we need to share this with. And so today, um, I, we're just going to close with a time of prayer that, that God would give us the strength to be persistent in our situations. Some of us, it's with a family member. Some of us, it's with a coworker. Some, some of it's, some of it's just between us and God, and, and and our persistence toward God has not been holy. And we need God to help us and forgive us and redeem us from that. Um, uh, Pastor Cassie, would you come and just play something as as we pray together? Um, I, I want us to to really be in prayer for how we as a church 
can be about this work of holy justice that just keeps coming up. That we can be a people that, that recognize that, man, we, we do have selfish desires, and those need to be sanctified by the blood of Jesus. But we also have desires that come from the Father and that burn a fire in us that we don't need to let be put out. Hide it under a bushel? No. So today, I invite you to come to these altars if you would like to. Maybe you need strength, like the widow, to be persistent in your situation and say, man, it has been 50 years, God, and I need more strength to be persistent. Or maybe it's a new situation and you recognize, man, this might last a while. Lord, give me the strength, the strength of the persistent widow to keep seeking your justice. Let us go to the Lord in prayer together.